Welcome to Epiphany Church. My name is Pastor Derek Parks, and I have the privilege of serving here as the lead pastor. And I'm so excited that you're here with us today. And so we've been in this series called 2020. So I want to welcome you to week three of that series. It's an exciting time. We've been journeying through to discover what it looks like for us to maintain clear vision in 2020. In fact, we're declaring that it's still the year of clear vision. And so this series we've been walking through and we've been challenged and encouraged to keep 2020 in our minds and the things that God has declared for us in 2020 in the forefront. I know many of you want to throw 2020 away because of all the difficulties that have existed in this year and the heat the hits just keep on coming they don't stop and so but we want to encourage you to know that God still has a clear plan for your life in the midst of a year that seems like it's imploding and so last week we discussed the need for having clear vision in a message that I titled 2020 renewal we said that if you're going to have renewal, then you needed to know three things. The first thing you needed to know was the fear of the Lord. After that, you had to get rid of the old so that you could choose for yourself who you would serve. We learned that from Joshua chapter 24. This week, I want to look at the need for us in this message that I'm going to title 2020 calling. So I want you to buckle up, hold on tight as we journey to Luke chapter 3, verse 10 through 14. If you have it, turn there, please. If not, it'll be on the bottom of the screen for you. Don't worry. Luke chapter 3, verse 10. He said, what then should we do? The crowds were asking him and he replied to them. He said, the one who has two shirts must share with someone who has none. And the one who has food must do the same. People don't like sharing their food. <laughs> then verse 12, he tells us, the tax collectors came also to be baptized and they asked him, teacher, what should we do? And he told them, don't collect any more than what you've been authorized. Verse 14, it tells us that some soldiers also questioned John, asking him, what should we do? It seems like when it comes to calling, everybody wants to know what they're supposed to do. So he said to them, don't take money from anyone by force or false accusation and be satisfied with your wages. Father, I pray, God, that you will bless your word. God, I pray that you will bless the reading of it. God, I pray that you would allow this word to enter into our hearts, God, and that we would be transformed by it and that we might be renewed. And so, Father, we pray, God, that as we look towards calling, 
God, that you would speak to our hearts and help us to know exactly what we should do. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. I want to submit this idea to you today that if you are going to keep 2020 alive, if you're going to keep the hopes and dreams and vision that God has called for you to have in 2020, then here's what you got to do. You must pursue your calling. See, pursuing calling means knowing or recognizing that your calling is not for you. See, the world would try to communicate to you that that you have to discover what your calling is so that you can live the life that you're supposed to live. But that's antithetical to the idea of biblical calling. When it comes to biblical calling, this idea, it carries along this notion that our calling is not for us. See, in verse 10, they were asking the question, they were asking, what should we do? The, the, the crowds were asking this question and John replied to them. He said, the one who has two shirts must share with someone who has none. You see, in the context of this passage, John here, John the baptizer, that is, he, he's making a case for the people of Israel to repent and to produce fruit that is consistent with repentance. John warns them, he's saying, listen, as, as, you, as you are proclaiming your life and, and as you're trying to make these decisions about what it is that you should do, he's letting them know to produce fruit that is consistent with repentance. He tells them, he says, don't say to yourself in verse 8, he says that we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that God is able to raise up children for Abraham from these stones. Listen, your calling has nothing to do with your lineage. Your calling has nothing to do with your pedigree. Your calling has nothing to do with your heritage. In fact, your calling has everything to do with the fact that God is the one who is giving your calling to you. Verse 9, he tells them, he says, listen, the axe is ready at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. See, as we walk through this, I need you to know this. I need you to understand this idea here very clearly. And this idea comes from John chapter 15, verse 16. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce fruit that your fruit should remain. So that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give to you. There's this idea about bearing fruit. There's this idea of producing fruit that carries the notion that you are not where you are and you don't do what you do because you thought it was a good idea. In fact, you do the things that you do and you walk the way that you walk and you live the life that you're living because God has chosen you and he has appointed you. See, I want you to see this. I want us to walk in this idea and know that our calling is not 
for us. In fact, the thing that we're meant to do, the thing that we're supposed to do, the thing that we spend our lives trying to figure out exactly what it is that I'm supposed to do. If you're trying to figure that out for you, then you are missing the point. See, God is letting us know, he's letting us know that the thing that we've been called to, the thing that he's purposed us to, is not for us, but is to serve him and to serve others. We say here at Epiphany all the time, is that we serve God by serving others. And so I want you to see here that the production of good fruit is observed in your actions towards others. So he tells them, he says, listen, the one who has two shirts must share. This is verse 11. The one who has two shirts must share with someone who has none. And the one who has food must do the same. This idea of sharing carries the idea of impartation. It's when we find our our callings, we find it most often by in and with serving others. In fact, we get this idea that our calling is found when we are imparting something that we have been given to other people. You see, that's what your calling is about. Your calling is about identifying the thing that God has placed inside of you so that you can give it to somebody else. For some of you, that might be information. God has given you a certain amount of information and he's called you to give that information to others. That is the life of the believer. Every believer has a calling on their life to impart the information that they have been given, to impart the experience that they have received of the gospel message of Jesus Christ and to share that with other people. And so as we look at that, we have to understand this, that that we find our callings and we fulfill our callings as other people are fulfilled through our actions. So when we impart to other people, our calling is made sure. When we impart what we have been given by God to other people, then we walk in our calling. And for some of you, listen, you might still be trying to figure out what that is, but the way that you do that is to serve others. So you might not be clear on what it is. You might not fully understand what it is. You might not even be aware that you are supposed to do something or that you are that you have a calling on your life. But the reality is this, is that your calling is made clearer and clearer as you walk with other people and serve those who are in need of what God has placed on the inside of you. So your calling comes into place. You, you find your calling in this life when you recognize that your calling is not for you. See, when you spend your life trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do, like I, I want to make an impact on the world and I, and I want to do great things for the world and, and all that good stuff like that, like that's fine and well. But the reality is, is that most times that is often selfishly motivated. See, oftentimes that is selfishly motivated because the reason that we want to have impact has nothing to do with others, but has everything to do with how we want to be viewed by other people. 
See, oftentimes when, when, when we say we want to make an impact and, and that we want to change the world, we don't want to change the world for the fact that we think the world needs to be changed. But we want to change the world because we want people to recognize us. And so you've got to know this as you are pursuing your calling. If you're going to have 2020 calling, you've got to know that your calling is not for you. The next thing that you need to know is that your calling is not from you. See, verse 12, it says that the tax collectors, they also came to be baptized and they asked them, they said, teacher, what should we do? Everybody wants to know what they should do. That's calling. And he told them, he says, don't collect any more than what you have been authorized to collect. This authorization lets us know that our calling doesn't come from us. These tax collectors, they went to John and they wanted to be baptized and, and they asked him, teacher, what should we do? And he told them, don't collect more than what you should. This, these telling, everybody's asking and wondering what it is that we should do. And I need you to know this and I need you to hear this and see this is that you don't choose your calling. By definition, you are called to it. And so we don't produce our calling, but we are placed in our calling. And see, for many of you, you're trying to figure it out. Many of you are trying to understand this. Well, Pastor Derek, I, you know, I think I got a call from God, but I don't, I'm not really sure what it is that I should be doing. God, I, I, don't, I don't really ha know what, what it is that, that I'm, I'm called to. I think there's something special over here that I should be doing, but I, I work this job here that doesn't allow for me to maneuver and to, to walk in anything else. But I want you to understand this is that your calling is not from you. So the place where you find yourself is oftentimes the place where God wants you to be. And that is the place where your calling must be exhibited in full. And so if you're a teacher, guess what? God has called you to teaching those young children and to help to close the educational gap that exists, particularly uh, in inner cities around the world, like in places where, where education opportunities are limited and scarce. And so I, I want you to know that you don't have to be in vocational ministry to walk in a calling. You don't have to be in vocational ministry to walk in something that, and, and to walk in a calling that is worthy uh, of, of God's stamp of approval. And I, I want to challenge you to understand and know that the calling that you walk in, that mundane thing that you think doesn't matter to anybody or that thing that you do that you don't think bears any weight, like uh, Dr. Martin Luther King said, he said, listen, if you're a street sweeper, guess what you better do? You better sweep the streets in such a way that the angels in the heaven look down and say that that street was swept for the glory of God. And so whoever Wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, you ought to walk in your calling as a mother. You ought to walk in your calling as a wife. You ought to walk in your calling as a son. You ought to walk in your calling as a daughter. You ought to walk in your calling as a nurse. Whatever it is, you ought to walk in your calling and do it in such a way that the corridors of heaven are shaken by how well you've walked in your calling. He tells him, he says, listen, don't don't 
Don't collect any more than you have been authorized. This this word here for collect, it carries the idea of being busy with something. And, and oftentimes what happens is, is that we confuse our calling with the thing that we want to be busy doing. And so you are oftentimes in the position where you, you're trying to make some stuff happen and you're trying to do some stuff and you're trying to align yourself in such a way that that you are looked at and looked upon as having stuff going on. And you you try to align that and say, yeah, this is my call and I've been called to this music thing <laughs> or whatever it is like you, you feel like you've been called to a certain thing. But in reality is that you, you, you get so busy doing some things that you miss the things that God wants you to really be focused on, i.e. the things that he has called you to. You can't be spending your time like walking in stuff that God hasn't called you to. See, I need you to understand this is that calling comes from outside. And, 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 and it has to do with the opportunities and circumstances and open doors and closed doors. And, 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 and since God works through, through the means that he is, he's often extended to us through other people and, and in the place of people, we have to understand that our calling comes from outside of us. It's not this thing. See, we get it twisted up because we think that it's something that's that's burning on the inside of us. And it has to do with that. But the reality is, is that where the needs of the world and the passion on the inside of you meet, that is the place of your calling. And so I need us to, to capture this and have this in our hearts and minds as we walk throughout this life and know that as you are walking and as you are pursuing calling, you've got to know that your calling doesn't come from you, but it comes from outside of you. And that is from God. And so as you walk through this, the last thing you got to know and understand and see is this, is that calling means knowing that your calling is not in the future tense. See, it said that some of the soldiers also questioned him. They said, what should we do? And he said to them, he said, don't take money from anyone by force or false accusation, but be satisfied with your wages. See, these soldiers, these people who were serving in a military campaign, the, they, they were appointed to fight and they begin to ask the question of John, uh, like the other two groups asked, what should we do? This idea of doing has the idea of producing something. It carries the idea of, of, of being the author of something. And the, the challenge is, is that most times, many of us, we try to be the author of our own calling instead of recognizing that your calling is not from you and that your calling is not for you. Yet we try to author up some things and create some things that, 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 that make our calling look more important than what we think it should be. And so it, I want you to know this is that your calling will sanctify you. You see, the reality of this is this, is that calling oftentimes looks ordinary. And, and, and we don't like that. Like, 
We want our calling to be some extraordinary kind of thing. And see, the, the extraordinary is not where calling lies. Your calling doesn't lie in the extraordinary. Your calling lies, and it is hidden in the offensively ordinary task of life. And see, it's in those ordinary things that you get sanctified. <laughs> see, many of us, we don't think that it's a calling to, to be a good husband. We, we, don't, we don't perceive that uh, us waking up, particularly in this time frame that we're in now, where a lot of us have to homeschool and all those different things that we weren't doing before. And like you, you don't see the, the ordinary mundane waking up and making breakfast as 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 part of your calling. You don't see the ordinary everyday getting up and making the bed because your spouse won't make the bed ever. Like you, you don't see that as calling. And, and, and more to the point is you don't see those things as having the ability to sanctify you. And I, and I want to encourage you to know today is that the things that, it, that, that you're called to, those things will sanctify you in the process. And so there's some things that are in your life that might seem ordinary, that might seem mundane, but God wants to use those things to sanctify you because those things are your calling. It, 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 it seems ordained to, to, to tuck the kids in bed at night sometimes. It, it seems mundane and ordinary to, to wake up and wash the dishes. It, it seems mundane and ordinary to, to do the things that you do. And, and oftentimes you get frustrated with those things. Like for me, listen, I'm going to be honest. It's laundry. Like, and when we got married, my wife and I, I said that maybe I'm going to do all the laundry. I don't know why I said that because I don't even like doing laundry. But I said that, listen, I'll be the one who washes the laundry. And I thought that I was being macho at the time because we lived in an apartment and I had to take the clothes over somewhere else to the laundromat to get them washed. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to be a good husband and I'm going to carry them baskets over to the laundry and all that stuff like that. I don't even like doing laundry. But it's in the moments when I don't feel like it, it's in those moments when I don't have the energy or the or the desire to fold clothes that God is sanctifying me and he's reassuring me that my greatest calling in life is not my vocation. And that's strange for some of you probably hearing because I'm a pastor. But my calling is not fixed in my vocation. My calling is fixed in the places where God is working to sanctify me and renew me. And so as I'm folding those clothes when I don't want to, guess what? I'm being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And there are things in your life that God wants to use to sanctify you. And you need to begin to see those things as your chief calling. See, he told him, don't take money from anyone by force or accusation. See, many of us need to know this is that calling can't be forced. See, you, you want your calling to be something extraordinary. You want it to be something that, 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 that people talk about. You want it to be something that, that, that people will remember you for. But that's not what calling looks like. Calling can't be forced. Calling has uh, implications for your soul. 
And so as you walk throughout this life, you got to know that God in particular seasons gives you particular callings. Sometimes your calling looks like caring for those who are sick. Sometimes your calling looks like you walking alongside of people who won't listen. See, sometimes your calling looks like you having a discipling relationship with somebody who will not submit to you and who will not listen to the things that you've suggested for them to do. And they won't take the, the, the word of God and apply it to their life. Sometimes your calling is found in that. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. But listen, he told me, he said, listen, don't do it by force and don't take any money by, by false accusation. Don't you, you can't finagle or defraud your way into your calling. It doesn't work like that. But instead, he told them, he said, listen, I need you to capture this. I need you all to hear this. And I need you all to, to write this in your hearts. If you don't remember anything else that I communicate to you today, I want you to remember this. He told them, he said, to be satisfied with your wages. Be satisfied with your wages. See, John was cueing them into something that they needed to know. Oftentimes we think our calling is in the future tense. Sometimes we're always looking towards something as our calling. We think that when I reach that place, then I'll be walking in my calling. But the reality is, is John the baptizer here, he points them to this idea. He points them to this notion. He's telling them that you must be satisfied with your wages. The wages had to do with the rations or your lot in life. It, it had to do with the allowance that you were given. And, and so what John is telling them to be satisfied with, he's telling them to, to possess an unfailing strength and contentment with the rations that they have currently in their life. It's not some future thing, but it is a present reality that you get to walk in. And so I know that you're pining, pining after a calling. I know that many of you are waiting and hoping and wishing for God to open up something extraordinary in your life. And that's okay. But the reality is, is that you have to see clearly if you're going to have some 2020 vision, if you're going to have some 2020 renewal, then you've got to walk in a in your calling and know that the place where God has you, you must be satisfied with that place. Maybe many of you are watching and you're wondering, how in the world can you be satisfied when the world is turned upside down? You might be wondering, how in the world can you be satisfied with the way that your life is right now? When you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Some of you might be asking, how can I be satisfied when I feel underappreciated? Some of you might be even asking, Pastor, how can I be satisfied when I don't feel loved? I want to encourage you this morning that the source of your satisfaction is not found in the future. But the source of your satisfaction is found 
in the person and work of Jesus Christ. I want to urge you today, if you're watching and you don't know Jesus, if you're watching and you don't know about the Savior that I'm referring to who will satisfy you, I want to invite you to look to Jesus today. He will answer all the questions of your life. And if you don't feel satisfied, turn to Jesus. If you don't feel the satisfaction of the present, if you can't see yourself outside of the mundane things of your life, I want you to know that your calling is fixed in this. And we each have this calling of our election made sure is that we will walk with Jesus. And when we walk with Jesus and if our lives are fixed on him, then we can be satisfied with what we have. And so be satisfied in Jesus today. Give your life to him. He'll satisfy you like no one else, like nothing else. Only he can satisfy. You obtaining some future goal in life won't satisfy you. But walking with Jesus fully will bring you satisfaction. Father, I pray, God, for those who are watching today and don't know you. God, I pray that they might find satisfaction in you. And so, God, be glorified, be lifted up today, and help us to walk in our calling, 2020 calling. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Thank you again so much for watching. We're so glad that you joined us. Grace and peace to you guys. See you next week.